0: The following podcast may be unsuitable for children or more sensitive listeners and may contain explicit language. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're listening to It's All True. I'm your host, Tim Barnes, and in each episode, I chat with a guest and ask them to reveal their own headline for a funny, personal, true story. This episode marks the debut of It's All True in New York City. I sat down with comedian Roy Wood Jr. at Union Hall. This is like doing late night television, but everybody right up on you. You might recognize him from his numerous late night appearances, or perhaps as a correspondent on The Daily Show.
1: Please welcome Roy Wood Jr., everybody.
0: We talked about his upcoming special. Your Comedy Central special is called Father Figure. Yeah. I haven't heard an explanation for why that's the title. Uh, so I have a five-month-old son. His time in radio.
1: This is when going viral meant someone emailed you a file and you had to download the <laughs> file.
0: And he told an amazing true story. So my
1: father hires a guy by the name of Don Cornelius.
0: <laughs> All of this coming up, But before we dive in, here's Roy Wood Jr. on the It's All True stage.
1: This is like doing late night television, but everybody right up on you. And you can drink. So do you feel safer now that they caught the fucking bomb dude? Or is it back to business in New York? Back to business being scared. I'm not fucking with sidewalks for a while. <laughs> I'm not, like, At this point the middle of the street is safer. Like it's it's just cars. You know what they're doing. They're just doing this. And that's all you have to watch out for is a car. But on the sidewalk, anything could get you, man. (laughs) Damn rat rat bite. You might fall into one of the steam grates and land on top of a train. You don't know. (laughs) Or it could be a damn bomb. It could be a pressure cooker. At this point, can we all agree? I don't know where you stand on guns, but we do need pressure cooker legislation. (laughs) All right this motherfucker bought eight pressure cookers ain't nobody say shit (laughs) fuck what did you think he was doing this motherfucker had eight pressure cookers in his cart I'm all for having some tender meat but damn it if you got got to have a background check at this point if you want tender vegetables you have to fucking submit a fingerprint I need to know who the fuck you are It's a niche device. Nobody, why even sell pressure cookers? That straight up should be some shit you have to order and know a dude who knows a dude who has a Kinect. Nobody's, again, throwing on the pressure cooker before the fucking Super Bowl party. Hey, man, you should come over, man. We got wings. Motherfucker, I put some ribs in the pressure cooker. This is going to be a good time. They caught that dude in a day and a half. Dude blew up some shit, day and a half in custody. ISIS didn't even have time to claim him. (laughs) And you know, it take ISIS two days to type up a press release, damn (laughs) We support our brothers in New York City as they fight (laughs) the... What they... (laughs) Or delete, 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 delete. Fucking eight bombs, only two went off, nobody died. That ain't ISIS quality. You can't fucking be down with us. You ain't killed nobody, motherfucker. That's amateur hour. Take that shit to the Taliban. This is ISIS. We get shit done. Can, Can I curse on this? I don't even know if, I mean, whatever. Just bleep it out. There's technology. Let's talk politics real quick before I sit down and tell you a stupid story from my early days of comedy. Um, just w- whatever your feelings are on any issues in this country, have a, have a, have a, have a feeling. Don't be one of these people that, that act surprised when stuff happens. Those are the people I, I, I can't live without. I, I, I could do without. Like who, who are you people that are just oblivious to everything that's happening? did you know black people are angry they're taking knees at the games they played the anthem he took a knee did you know yes motherfucker. I, I do How are you surprised that some black people have an issue with the country that's one of the most complicated relationships in history black people in America like if this was Facebook we would have already deleted each other as friends Did you see black people deleted America on Facebook? <laughs> I heard they might be getting back together with Africa. I don't know. I'm not sure if Africa want them, you know. How you surprised that black people got some issues with the country, man? We like we keep secrets. Black people been telling you what they think. You wanna know what black America is feeling? Listen to black music. Black music tells you at all times what is in the mind of black society. And nowhere in the history of black music is there a hit patriotic song. (laughs) That's not what we do. We've never in the history, you think we're having a good time in America? Motherfucker, we invented the blues. How you gonna invent the blues and patriotism? You can't do both. Black people don't sing about America. We sing about specific cities where you can have a good-ass time. That's what we do. <laughs> you leave all that country shit to the, the white, white artists. You sing about the whole country, white artists can do that because they've had a good time. Of course, you writing from an inspired place. And I'm proud to be an American. I got a pet eagle. His name is Chuck. I feed him bacon and freedom. And I fucking love Chuck. Black people can't do that. We gotta hit you with a couple of cities, motherfucker. I can't tell you about a miracle. All right. Motherfucker, let me tell you about the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the early morning. <laughs> Welcome to Miami. <laughs> You've been to California? Oh my God, this motherfucker ain't never been to California. Boy, let me tell you, boy, California knows how to party. <laughs> The city of L.A., the city of good old Watts, and the city of Compton, they keep it rocking. Write the shit down. I'm trying to tell you. Hey, that's my time, you guys. Thank y'all a lot.
0: That was Roy Wood Jr. performing at one of our live shows at Union Hall. On October 14th, Roy is recording an hour special in Atlanta for Comedy Central called Father Figure. When it was time for us to chat, I brought up one of my favorite comedy theories, which is that the most important thing for a comedian to know is the elephant in the room. What are the things that they get to mess around with before they even open their mouth?
1: Oh, so that you can and bring it up immediately. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I think for you, there's there's a sort of counterpoint, because you're a comedian, right? Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> you have what? Um, this might be. You have what I would describe as Martin Luther King face.
1: Oh, I've heard yeah. that before. Yeah, I've yeah. heard Martin Luther King face, Steve Harvey face, and <laughs> Mr. Cooper face.
0: But you know what I mean? It's something like yeah. if someone showed me a picture of you uh, in a That's suit. That's why I quit wearing suits. Yeah, yeah. Because I and they said preacher or comedian. I'd say I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Yo, when I first started, so I was nineteen. I'm just to give you some frame of reference. I'm like 250 pounds now. Same height when I was 19, 165. Okay. So I had to wear suits to look older on stage <laughs> because nobody would take me seriously because I looked 16. So yeah. now, once I hit like my mid 20s, and I started eating Waffle House and all that shit. I had to lose the suits because people said <laughs> I looked like a pastor. <laughs> And it's not not true. Like, I'll I, say I, that. I, yeah, straight yeah, yeah. Up, I hate blazers, dude. Like, I <laughs> hate that shit. Because they make you wear suits at the Daily Show. They're always going to wear a suit. And the correspondent tradition. <laughs> Why the fuck I got to wear this? Please welcome Roy Wood Jr., everybody. Trevor, you know, man, this whole thing gets messed up. Because it's the same thing every year. Great movies made by black people come out everybody goes and sees the movie the movie gets great reviews and then the nominations come out and we spend the whole day feeling like 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 black people yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah
0: your comedy central special is called father figure yeah i haven't heard an explanation for why that's the title uh so i have a five month old son and we don't know if he's a good kid or not I don't know if this
1: is dark or not but uh. just in case I'm not around long enough to teach him all of the shit he needs to know yeah. hopefully he can watch this fucking yeah. special when okay. he's older and understand important shit like McDonald's owes you six nuggets if you paid for six <laughs> nuggets <laughs> not five he shouldn't have to pay for sauces And the Confederate flag is a good thing. Like those. (laughs) Not a good thing. I'm not saying keep the flag around. I'm just saying it it had some upsides. Nobody wants to acknowledge that part of the Confederate flag. It's a horrible fucking symbol, of course. But I was traveling in the South. My first 10 years of stand-up was in the South. I'm not a coast comic. I didn't start in L.A. or New York. And I can't tell you how many times I went to stop for gas at 1 in the morning and you see that flag in the window and you know this is not the place to get
0: gas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a remind it's a symbol that's that it warns you. It's a it's a warning. Yeah. yeah so yeah.
1: it's just a 60 minute, you know, compilation of, you
0: know, things to live by
1: yeah. that I hope that my son, you know, if I die a horrible death or some shit. You, know, you can pop that shit in.
0: Before we get to your story, I want to talk about your time in radio. There's a lot of clips of you on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. You do you did a lot of prank calling. I
1: was twelve years in radio between Birmingham and Atlanta. And it was a lot of good times. Uh, it's weird because I go back and listen to the prank calls now and I'm appreciative of them because it was this is pre YouTube when a lot of my stuff this is when going viral meant someone emailed you a file and you had to download the file (laughs) like literally you had to trust whether or not this person was going to give you computer herpes (laughs) to get a good laugh yeah so a lot of people that know me from prank phone calls know me from that era pre-youtube so i'm always thankful for those people who you know put the pranks online and post them and stuff but i listen to them now And I'm like, oh, my God, I was out of my fucking mind. There's one where
0: you get scolded by this woman. Oh, that's most of them. (laughs) Hello? This is
2: Johnny Hurston. My son is roommates with your boy, Brandon. Uh, oh, okay. did uh-huh. Jackson State University? Yes, uh-huh. yes ma'am. Now, had your son touched basis with you in regards to the matter that had been going on between him and my boy? In regards to the matter that's been going on? Yes, ma'am. No. About the $142 no. that Brandon owes my boy. Uh, No, he hasn't spoken a word of that. Okay. Well, see, I need to go ahead and follow up on that because this matter needs to be brought to closure. Oh, okay. And so I told my boy to go ahead and get your number from Brandon so we can go okay. and nip this in the bud because I don't talk to no children. Oh, okay. And what I'm... Well, here's what's going on. Now, they be sharing clothes sometimes. Well, how? Brandon is huge. Yeah, and I know Brandon. Is yeah, Brandon's way bigger than my boy. You know our boys just get to sharing clothes sometimes and making making shirts work and all that stuff. Now, with them jerseys, because you can let them jerseys hang out. Oh,
1: well, okay. Uh-huh. I got <laughs> fired on air
2: one year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, <it> rehired, but... <laughs> was I was rehired like eight months later, but I was fired on air because I pranked, I got fired because it, so at the time we were doing a cruise ship promotion for the station, big summer cruise give a summer ticket to prizes or whatever. and I called Carnival Cruise Lines, who was the sponsor? I called Carnival Cruise Lines, and I told him that my granddad left his wallet on the slave ship when he came from Africa. <laughs> And I need them to check lost and found. (laughs) Which is a fine prank in itself. But then the lady put me on hold. And she tried to help me find the ship. (laughs) And I get out of fire. Because it's it's not the right thing to do to a sponsor.
0: How How do you keep your voice stable when you're doing that? Like, What's the art of these phone calls? Not too many people can do this.
1: Well, you learn... The penalty for giggling is that you'll be stuck in the production room for another hour and a half trying to get a, a good prank phone call. <laughs> so you learn how to swallow your laugh. For every good prank phone call you hear, and it's not just for me. This isn't anybody you listen to who does the, the craft. There's at least four or five pranks that did not go well. So when you finally get a person on the hook with the premise you want and they're biting and they're starting to cuss at you a little bit, you you swallow the laughs because you don't want to blow it.
0: I want to find those files so badly, like Dude. yeah, it's oh like no- I want to find like bloopers to movies. I've had, like Roots. I've had
1: people, I'm gonna say people. It was one guy. I had a guy show up to a show, not to fight me, but to threaten me, which like is even more scary. Because <laughs> like you could just walk up and cold cock me, and it's like all right, that's all in the game. But to threaten me, and this yeah. is like four months after. So I call this guy. And for, for the most part, with most of my pranks, uh, they were requested by friends of the people that I pranked. So I wasn't cold calling random businesses all the time. If, if I prank called you, it's because someone in your life thinks you're a prick. And I, <laughs> and I can bring that to the surface. So true story in Cleveland, this guy, uh, his son got suspended from school in the first grade for fondling himself. Now, not outside of the pants, but just, he's a first grader and he's just discovering his balls for the first time. And normally when you discover your balls, it's at home, it's in the tub, it's a private experience. But this kid is like, fuck it, I'm juggling my balls. (laughs) And he's just in his pants and he's working his pants. And so he got sent home. I called the father of this child. I told him that his son was teaching my son improper masturbation techniques.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, you stroke underhand, not overhand. Nobody. <laughs> so we go back and forth. Right, 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 Fuck you, motherfucker. Hey man, it's a prank. Ha ha ha. It's 95-7 Jams Birmingham. We're just fucking with you. Yeah, whatever, man. About to see your man, I'd put some hands on your ass, motherfucker. But I'm in Birmingham. He's in Cleveland. He's not gonna fuck with me. Eight months later. <laughs> fucking Lee Herlins, who books the Cleveland improv in the flats, he calls me up. Hey man, I got a I got a fallout this week, man. You think you can come and cover? need you to come and cover a week for me, man. Come on down. I drive up to Cleveland. I do the show. Second show Friday night. There's a guy three rows back. He doesn't laugh at shit. (laughs) 45 minutes straight. No laughs. Not a fucking twitch in his face. (laughs) And this is what I knew something was up. He bought two drinks. Didn't drink them. They just... (laughs) Like two drink minimum, but I'm not going to even touch the drinks. Just let him sit. And he's just sitting there just, you know how like on Jeopardy, when someone's waiting to buzz in and they got that straight look on their face and one hand is over the other hand? Calm. Calm. Show ends, I go outside, shake hands, take pictures and sell them my CDs and shit. And the guy comes up to me And just with a straight face, he just shakes my hand, and then he does some sort of weird, I don't know, some sort of twist lock grip where I can't get out of it, and then he pulls me close to him. And this is in front of everybody in the middle of the fucking lobby of the comedy club. And he just goes, if I could, he says, I just want you to know, if I wanted to touch you, I could touch you. (laughs) Don't you ever fucking call me again. (laughs) He disengages and pushes me off. So, do you
0: do you miss radio? No. In each episode of It's All True, I ask my guests to reveal a headline for a funny, personal, true story. This week's guest is Roy Wood Jr., and here's his headline.
1: Uh, Roy Wood Senior blows brilliant business opportunity. And this is a true story. My father is from Chicago, and my dad was an old school dude. He was the first news director at WVON in Chicago, the voice of the Negro. Good afternoon, everyone. Roy Wood reporting during the civil rights movement. This radio station was trusted with delivering relevant information to the black community. It was essentially the black CNN.
2: As I sit here meditating very deeply, a voice spake it unto me saying, W-V-O-N Cicero. Half hour headlines. Headlines. So my father
1: hires a guy by the name of Don Cornelius.
0: (laughs) The host of Soul Train. Correct.
1: Don Cornelius works underneath my father in the 70s. And... While he's, you know, doing his radio news stuff or whatever during the day, he's out in the clubs at night. And he's, you know, seeing what's going on and he's seeing that there's a certain movement happening. And so, American Bandstand at the time, that was one of the few shows that showcased music artists. It's white people dancing and it's like... An, Dick Clark, and he's doing this thing. <laughs> Don Cornelius casino, pretty bright idea, but he doesn't have the money. He goes back to my father and a couple other people in the Chicago area. He asked my father for a thousand dollars, which in the '70s that's like fucking I don't know thirty. Foot, I don't know conversion rates, but inflation. But it's a lot of money. Like even now a thousand dollars would like our friendship would bank on you paying me back. <laughs> Um, and so Don Cornelius goes to my father. He goes, you know, Roy, dig this play. I don't know how black
0: people talk, but
1: <laughs> Dig this job. Turn head. He
0: had a microphone
1: in his hand, yeah. too. <laughs> and he basically explains to my father the concept for what would become the television show known as Soul Train. F- and he goes... If they have their artists on TV and they don't put any black artists on their show, Dick Clark only puts black artists on when they've already blown through the roof. There's plenty of good talent right here in the city. 60 nonstop minutes across the tracks of your mind into the exciting world of Soul. I just need the money to shoot the pilot and then I'll sell it to WGN. Once I sell ads, I'll give you back your thousand dollars. So my father says, cool. Don Cornelius shoots the pilot for Soul Train, but he can't sell it. For whatever reason, nobody's fucking with it because it's a black show, it's a black host, there's a bunch of musicians and it's black people and there's fucking afros and shit and they, they don't know <laughs> what the hell is going on. So it's taken them a longer time than expected to recoup the initial cost. Meanwhile, my pops needs his money. So my pops goes to Don Canelius and he goes, yo, man, don't you owe me a $1,000? <laughs> And Don Cornelius pleads his case. He goes, trust me, Roy, when this shit blows, it's going to be one of the most amazing things you've ever seen. Nobody else is doing this. This is going to be a movement, brother. I'm telling you, the train of soul is about to pull out the station, and it's going to be a wonderful time, and we're going to make a lot of money. Tell you what, instead of giving you back your $1,000, how about I make you an executive producer of the pilot of Soul Train? To which my father, God is my witness, looked Don Cornelius dead in his eyes and said, Motherfucker, don't nobody wanna watch niggas dance for an hour? <laughs> and that's why I'm
0: broke to this day. Turns out that's all America wants to do. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just watch us dance.
0: Awesome, give it up for Roy Wood Jr., that was amazing. That's the show. Hope you dug it. For more information on Roy Wood Jr. and his upcoming special, visit RoyWoodJr.com. And if you want to hear another It's All True episode about black radio in Chicago, check out episode 20 featuring the real deal Richard Steele.
2: Uh, Back in the day I listened to radio and to disc jockeys, I was really into listening to radio.
0: Shout out to It's All True's live show producer Rob Schulte, Union Hall, Freddie Nunes for creating this kick-ass theme, and his backing band for the live show Jamie Ingales on drums, and Mark Craig on guitar. My Twitter handle is Tim Barnes 451, and you can follow the show at All True Podcast. This is Tim Barnes signing off saying, I believe in you.